Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Defosing Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza Di Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Tuesday, November the 2nd. Already November. Wow. Well, match day, is it 11 is in the books? 10 and 11 in the books. Yeah, 10 and 11 in the books. Uh, some controversial calls, some controversial games happening in the last two match days, predominantly match day 11, Roma-Milan. <laughs> Roma's always at the, we're always on the short end of the stick, but um, crazy, uh, just crazy. Yeah. I so mean, let's read the results. Yeah, here. let's read the results. Round 10 midweek fixtures. Although they were kind of bland, the, the pair ups, there was some actually exciting results. So there was a fantastic result. In there. <laughs> yeah, so fantastic. We'll, we'll get into them. So Spezia, Genoa, Ligurian, Derby ended up 1 1. Uh, Venezia, Salernitana, Salernitana getting a 2 1 victory over Venezia in that game. Venezia getting a red card. A controversial red card. Controversial red controversial. for Ampadu. Uh, Milan Torino, Milan get a one over Torino on a set piece. Olivier Giroud, a big upset here at the Allianz Stadium. I've never lost to this team in their history at home. So Swolo wins 2-1, but RD put on a, on a clinic in that match. Uh, and then we go on to Sampdoria Atalanta, 3-1 for Atalanta. Udinese, Hellas Verona, 1-1. Cagliari, Roma, Roma get it on the win board uh, there. Two set pieces, by the way. 2-1. Empoli Inter, Inter with an easy 2-0 win. Lazio, Fiorentina, Lazio getting the 1-0 win. And Napoli, 3-0 on Bologna. So that was round round 10 in the books. And then we had the weekend, round 11. Atalanta, Lazio, 2-2. Atalanta getting it done right at the end. Sari, his team went into Retiro, and then they go concede. Obviously, that Atiro didn't have its effect. The concentration levels weren't there the full 90 minutes. They fell asleep for one second, and Darun gets the tying goal. Hellas Verona, the team we've pegged to be one of the best offenses of the league, upsets Juventus. So back-to-back losses for Juve, one of their worst starts in uh, history. Since 61, they haven't been this bad in the league. So Hellas Verona, 2-1. Torino beat Sampdoria, 3-0. Inter beat Udine, 2-0. Fiorentina beat Spezia, 3-0. Genoa-Venezia, a dull 0-0 draw. So Suolo, Empoli, Empoli win 2-1. Napoli won nothing over Salernitana. Roma, Milano, controversial 2-1 win there for Milan. And the last game, Bologna, Cagliari, Bologna 2-0. So Christian, let's leave the floor open. What do you want to talk about between these two rounds, 10 and well, 11? First of all, I'm not going to talk about Roma yet. I don't want to get there yet. But I want to talk about a team that I was so disappointed in that couldn't get the job done in the midweek. And I'm talking about Fiorentina. I was so disappointed that they lost one nothing to Lazio because this was really their opportunity to jump up the table, especially with Juve losing. Like it was a perfect and Roma being in the mess that we're in. This is the perfect time for Fiorentina to sneak into possibly the top four. And I think with this Lazio game, they blew it. And this, what disappoints me about this Fiorentina team is what when they're when they're when they're just there, just there. They fall apart all the time. It's like they just can't do it. That's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. Cenzo Italiano, though, fantastic manager with what he's doing with this team. Uh, but also at the same time, uh, another surprise for me, match day 10 jewels, Verona 1-1. Yes, Cholo Simeone. Wow. 
he's yeah, he's on fire, right? Four goals. Everyone knows he's already matched and exceeded uh, with match the eleven in the books too. His to- to- uh, tally from last year. Yeah. So they're on fire. Amazing. What bothers me is they couldn't crack the Sudanese team. Yeah, Sudanese stubborn team. House Verona. Yeah, unlucky. They dominated. Udine just had that one towards the end of the first half where they were dominating Halas Verona. But Verona, they had them the entire match on the ropes. They just couldn't get the win. It was one of those freshmen, but they yeah. made up for it in the in no, week they 11. They did. I mean, that's real. And then, of course, a swallow, Juve, a swallow. Yeah, Domenico Berardi, <sighs> if anyone. Much deserved. Sees a second goal that passed from Berardi uh, to uh, Maxim Lopez, who then goes to the corner flag and does the Ronaldo celebration right, oh, in the, yeah. right in the corner for the UA fans, rubbing some salt in the wounds. That was that was fantastic. Fantastic. But that's the problem with Berardi. He cannot do this every game. He disappears, which he did in in, in the uh, weekend yeah, fixtures. Yeah, and that's he couldn't continue. Too. He couldn't continue. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sassuolo, I mean, they always, they're, they're kind of like a, they're, I would say they're a more talented version of Sampdoria where they show up to the big games and they kind of disappear in games that they should just walk away with. Yeah. Like, I thought they'd walk away against Empoli and they, they, just, yeah, they, they played good against Empoli. They, they did created chances, but they never, they don't have the killer instinct to take Empoli out of the game. They no. always left the defense wide open. Empoli, had some chances on the counter that they kept catching Sassuolo out on. And, and they never, Dionisi never adjusted his team to uh, make up for those gaps. And they paid for it right at the end of the game uh, with a beautiful finish. Var, or goal line technology, sorry, needed to confirm the goal went over the, the ball went over the goal line. But th- that's all the coach's fault. He didn't shut shut up shop, left the defense exposed. So Dionisi has some work there to to do. Yeah. But what about... We're going to get into a little bit in the Roma game, but let's talk about the uh, red card for Ethan Apadu in the Venezia Salernitana game. I can't believe that was a red card. That That is the... And the English media even got into it as well. Yeah. No one could believe that that red card was given. For people that didn't see it, he's literally goes in for a tackle, wins the ball. Rebari gets he gets clipped slightly on the foot. It's minuscule. It's nothing. And he falls over and it's like he broke his leg. And red red card immediately from the ref, I believe it was, or did he go to VAR again and check it? But regardless, the outcome was a red card. Yeah, I think I actually did go to VAR and he checked it. It was it was a ridiculous red. That I was correct. VAR, that, that's where the controversy was. Yeah. He uh, he had to go to VAR and and affirm it was a red. It was a it was a messed up, terrible, worst red I've ever seen in my life. The yeah. officiating's been a complete mess this yeah. year. It's already City have forty two penalties given out already this season. It's crazy. It's crazy, and this is and this is what we're in the media about. The media refereeing controversies. Gazeta Careo. That's all. That that's all they talked about was uh, penalties and the controversies. Maresca getting a four game ban now in Syria because Gianluca Rocchi wasn't happy with him in the Milan Roma game. But uh, officiating ultimately has been it's been pretty bad. It has been. the The standard's been pretty bad. It but, has been. And it seems that we're on the short end of the stick for every, pretty much, I would say, <laughs> 75% of them. Sounded like Mourinho there. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, what do we always talk about in our podcasts? We, we always talk about when there's big games, for some reason, the referee always takes a spotlight because they, it's true. they I don't know if it's pressure, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but we never have 
one of those when the two big guy the two big dogs go at it. And this is not this is not just Roman Milan. This is like any of the big teams. There's always a controversial call in the game, and you can't understand it. And we're always at the forefront for this. And I just don't understand it at all. Me neither. It it is. It's a little bit embarrassing because uh, this is these are the showcase games for City yeah, that a lot yeah. of people tune into. And this is what they see and when the, they tune in. The refs, yeah, the refs become the stars of the show. And I think. Yeah, it's not good for the league. For I think it is a little bit of pressure, like you say. I think these refs, they they get too enamored in the in the atmosphere of these games, and they get sucked into it, and they feel they got to be perfect and call the game by the letter of the law. We talked about this letter of the law BS, and people want letter of the law. This is the BS you're gonna get these yeah. BS calls, yeah, because uh, you're taking away the contact from the game, yeah, um, and and a lot of the challenges that are being made and. It is. It's terrible. It's not a good look when games are being decided because of soft penalties. But at the like same that. time, it wouldn't be as bad or as critical as if, if it was consistent. It's not consistent. That's a huge problem. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Case in point, you know, if you want to segue into Roma Milan now, case in sure. point, uh, Pellegrini, Kyer, letter of the law, people. You want to use that argument, letter of the law. There was, there was clips played in the Italian media in the news. 100% identical to the uh, Alexandro Dumfries situation. Yeah. 100%. Kyer, yes. He makes contact under the foot because he's second to the ball. Pellegrini gets to it first, hits him under the leg. Pellegrini goes down, but the team continues playing, and he's on the ground in agony yelling, guys, kick the ball out because he knows he got clipped and he wants it to go to VAR. He's not actually hurt, but he's, he's playing the game, yeah. which I, I can't stand. But that's, that's what it's come to. It's come yeah. to now teams. We've mentioned this. Teams now... This is what I saw Roma do towards the end of their game. They weren't even playing to score a goal. They were playing to win a penalty towards oh, the yeah. end. But that, that's what it comes down to now. That's what we. That's what the game is forcing players to do. To It's easier to win a penalty than to score a goal. So anyway, what happened there was very similar to the Inter game, but it wasn't called. So that's the inconsistencies we're, we're talking about. And Milan well, sure. gets the 2-1 the two two one win out of it. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that match. Mourinho-wise, sure. anything? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. First of all, I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on that Zlatan penalty. Was that a clear cut for me? Penalty? For me, that's not a clear cut penalty. Yeah. I, I I don't want to see that called. That was debatable. It's it was debatable. <laughs> I, I I see people saying Ibanez ran through Ibra and and this and that. He did it. Has I, I got to ask these guys? Have you ever played soccer in your life? Because yeah. if you're gonna go make a challenge as a defender, you're gonna have to go and put your body into the opponent. And yeah. and he goes shoulder to shoulder. It's not like he he uh, stiff arms him or does anything. He literally yeah. goes shoulder to shoulder. Ibanez probably has 40 less pounds than Ibra. You know, like you're going into a big man. What are you going to go? Soft into him and get, and get crumbled? Exactly. You got to go hard or else you're going to get injured. Exactly. First of all, so he goes in hard. Zlatan's clever. You got to give him that. He, he does kick the ball away from the net with his left foot. But Ibanez is skilled enough to get his leg and, and actually tip the ball. If you look at the replay, they don't show it on any of the highlight packages uh, that I've seen, but when you're watching the game live, you see Ibra kicks it to the left and the ball spinning one way, but Ibanez gets his toe right on the ball and then it changes direction with the spin. He gets to the ball. And he, and like I said, he goes shoulder to shoulder. He doesn't barge through Zlatan to get the ball. He, he reaches around. Yes, the legs make contact, the shoulders make contact, but 
what are you supposed to do? Not make the challenge? That's You're taking away an entire aspect of the game by yeah. calling penalties like this. I just think it's it's too soft. And then VAR gets involved. And that goes to show you right away that you have a disagreement between the refs in the video room and the refs on the field. So you have a disagreement there. So right away, it's either you say it's not clear and obvious, so let the decision stand on the field and don't get involved, or you don't have a unanimous decision between all the refs, so don't call the penalty. I think for me personally, the system should be changed into a majority kind of like vote quick. VAR guys in the room, all four of them, plus the ref on the field, have a quick vote, majority wins, penalty or not penalty. None of this it relies on one guy's shoulders. That's just my opinion. I think you could change the system. But for me, it was soft. It yeah, was a soft, soft, soft penalty. It was very soft. But at the end of the day, when we talk about who was deserving of this win, Milan. Mi- yeah, Milan was. Milan. Milan totally played Roma off the park. Uh, totally overwhelmed that Roma defense. They were just nothing but a problem. I mean, this game could have ended in a four nothing like that's how that's how much Milan dominated Roma in my opinion that's what I saw in this game um Jose Mourinho continues with the same starting 11 cuz cuz his, his team isn't good enough yeah proving his point and he doesn't care if he to me it feels like he doesn't care if he runs his team into the ground because that's what it feels like he's doing. There, uh, the, the, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't understand some of the substitutions. I don't understand Tammy Abraham coming off for for no striker. Yeah, and we when you have Eldor there. So, so this is something we hear a lot of people argue. Tammy has the highest XG as a striker a in the city. Yeah, to but to me, what that says he only has two goals to show for his Roma career that he's a terrible finisher of the ball. Yeah, he is. He gets he into the spots, but he's a terrible finisher yeah. of the ball. And at the end of the day, that's on him. Yeah, That's on nobody else. I, he has that opportunity. And whether it's him or whether it's a squad in front of him, whether it's a squad he's playing with, that gives him that opportunity to get that expected goal. He doesn't finish it. At the end of the day, that's up to him. That's what he's paid $40 million for. He's paid $40 million to finish those chances. I don't care if he finishes. At this point, I'm, you know... If he finishes half those chances, he's got what? He'd have like five, six goals easily in the league already. Yeah, he'd, he'd be up there. He'd be up there, and he doesn't. And that's on him. That is that is on the striker. That is not on the team. That is on the striker because the chances are being created. At the end of the day, when you look at this expected goals stat, it comes down to he's expected to score in those situations, and he doesn't. That's on him. That's not on the defense playing great defending against Tammy. That's not on the team not being able to give Tammy the opportunity. That is on Tammy not being able to finish an opportunity on his own at the end of the day. I'm sick of this lineup already. I'm sick of it because it is the same lineup. There's no rotation there's not even a tweak in formation. It's pre- it's predictable. Yeah, that's what it is. You know what he's going to come out and field, and I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to be able to stomach this season as a Roma fan, because I'm getting sick and tired of watching the same bloody thing. Because guess what? The same bloody thing went up against the three three of the biggest teams in the league. And it got us a measly point. 
That's what it got. Out of nine possible points, it got us a measly one point. We are so fortunate to be where we are in the top four for I don't know how. We are so fortunate to be, to be where we are. And to me, it feels like it's a ticking time bomb. Like it's it's a matter of time before this whole thing breaks down. I mean, Jose Mourinho has totally destroyed, I think, half the team's confidence. The other half can't put it together. Don't show up for the big games. I mean, they played they played good against Napoli. I'll give them that, but they 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 can't win when they need to. And there's that's clearly a tactical problem. What I see with this team is tactical problem because it's the same bloody thing. So I, so it is a little bit of everything. So you'd say it's more Mourinho than the players. Yes, I would say so. I think it, you're not playing the right formation. You're not even willing to tweak the formation. That's like, what is, why? Because you're one of the most successful managers in the, the decade before this one. Because you want to trouble with Inter and you had a successful run at Chelsea. Guess what? Those that, that that's long in the past. Football has changed twenty times over since the last time Jose Mourinho was relevant. And he is not willing to adapt. We're seeing this with Max Allegri too. He's not willing to adapt. And look where Juve are. Juve are in what ninth place? In his words, a mid table team. They're a yeah. <laughs> See? There's there's Max Ter- terrible coaching something you should never be saying in the media but we'll get into that game after. It boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. I will say I've said it before and I'll say it again. We were better off just sticking it out with Paulo Fonseca because Paulo Fonseca was able to rotate his squad. The one downfall is like I said I've said this before. I'll say it again. Jose Mourinho they don't get blown out aside from Bodo Glimt. They don't get blown out in these big games, whereas if this was last year, we'd probably get blown out to a Milan or a Juve or or an Inter or, or, or teams like that. So, Yeah, they, they keep it interesting. They play like a Premier League team. High-octane, counter-attack football, very direct. But it doesn't work. It, it doesn't. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't. The players, too, the way he has players positioned on the field doesn't work. Like Zaniolo's been completely wasted. I, I'm pretty sure Fonseca would have loved to have Zaniolo. Yeah, and to have been used, you know, to have been yeah, using. People him. forget we didn't have him all season last year. Yeah, and and Fonseca was he did pretty good <sighs> considering who was there. I mean, <sighs> Nick Nicolo, he's been he's been terrible this season. He has Zaniolo. He's he been has. terrible. And he's got a he's got a thorn in his side, but that's causing him to be extremely selfish. Yes, he's he's making stupid decisions because he has to try and do it on his own approval. He's play. a ball hog right now. Right now he is. And. Yeah, like you, you saw in this game too, Theo Hernandez gets a ridiculous second yellow when yeah. the play should have been brought back on uh, Krunic, I believe, was fouled in the play, yeah. build up to that, and then Mareska went off and I think gave out eight or 11 yellow cards in this game, something stupid, something he's a repetitive, uh, he's done this many, many, many times in many games uh, throughout his career. So like we said, he's already banned four games now for this terrible game. Um, but Roma had a man advantage for a half hour and he brought on Carlos uh, Carlos Perez from uh, Matiz Vina and Shomorodov in the, in, the, in the 80th minute for Karsdorp. What do you expect Shomorodov to do with 10 minutes left? But no, what he actually did pretty decent with his back to net play. Oh, in only 10 minutes though. Yeah, that's the funny thing. In only 10 minutes. This is 
this is a Jose Mourinho mess. And I don't know why there are some Roma fans out there that cannot see this. We're stuck with him now. That's the that's like, crazy part. I know I was I had to digest it over the summer and I said I was okay with the Jose Mourinho. I was for it at the start of the season. This is why I had to digest it over the summer because I had to think about are we going to go down this path with him? Because he's gone down this path with Tottenham. He's gone down this path with Manchester United. And I ho- I'd hoped that this would be a little bit different because that was my Romanista bias just saying, Christian, don't worry, it's okay. It's going to happen. But I should have listened to my bloody head because <laughs> it's the same. But it's the same now. It's a, it's a disaster. And you know what's going to happen? Roma's not going to finish top four. We'll be lucky to finish top four. I'll be, I'll be doing backflips if we finish top four. But Roma's not going to finish top four with the way they're playing now. And we're stuck with Jose Mourinho probably for another two years because I don't think the Freakins are going to fire him because of that stupid contract they gave him seven mil a season. And when the time comes that Jose Mourinho's time is up, we're going to be worse off. We're just a disaster right now. Yeah, that's how Mourinho usually leaves his clubs in a mess. Yeah. But let's talk about Milan too a little let's bit. Let's talk about them. The Stefano Pioli. Reason why they're undefeated. You know, I was thinking about this. This was a team. Let's take it prior to the last international break. This was a team with almost no internationals in it. So yeah. no, no superstars in this team. Uh, the only notable internationals would be Frank Kessie, Benacer, and, and Kyer. Sorry, I'm trying to think of other players. There's really no one else. Theo Hernandez just recently got his first call up. Calabria is in and out of the team for Italy, Manian's of course. like the backup for France. Yeah, Tamati just got his call up for England again. Um, Salamakers is in and out of Belgium. Rafael Leao, I don't think, makes no, appearances for Portugal. He doesn't. Yeah, I think he's on the youth team. Yeah, Krunic probably plays for Bosnia. I have to look into that. But Zlatan now is getting recalled for the Swedish uh, national team, actually, uh, next international break. So this, ultimately what I'm getting at is this is a team of non-superstars these aren't even international players in this team and a team riddled with injuries right riddled now. with injuries playing their backup Tatarusanu is a net I mean these guys are able to bring players in and out of the squad and, and I observe the way Pioli sets up his team in Marino and you can see when Milan attacks yes it's they the team lives or dies off of three players like Theo Hernandez his drives to the field uh, Frank Kessie too they live and die by and, and Zlatan or Giroud whoever's up front these are the players they live and die by. Um, you see when Milan attacks, when Zlatan's on, they don't attack with the focal point. It left the Roma players in disarray. They didn't know what to do. But what they do when they move up the field is they'll do the wall passes or one-twos. And they'll pass it into the forward. The midfield will always be right in front of the 18-yard box, ready to get that layoff pass to shoot or to do another through ball into the forwards. That's what they always do or, or to recycle it outside to the wings. It was amazing the way the team moved up and down the field with such speed and the way they, they connect with their passes. They pass the ball so quick, Milan. And that's one thing I really paid attention to in the last game. Because you think about it, they, they're they not really great at anything, Milan, but they just, the one thing they do under the radar is that, that ball movement and the movement up the field as a team. It's probably the best in the league. Uh, so they, Pioli, he's amazed me what he, with what he's done with yeah. this team. He's done a fantastic yeah, job. fantastic like you said, Milan probably yeah should have went up four now. The score does them no justice. All even with all the referee controversy and stuff, they were the deserved winners at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, purely again 
fantastic. Yeah, and just like the Torino game in match day 10, Torino sparred with them, went punch for punch. And it was just Olivier Giroud corner. That was a difference, right? They're finding ways to win. They, they do find ways they to win. That's ways the amazing win. thing. They find ways to win. It's like purely he's doing his homework. He outcoached Mourinho. Oh, yeah. A, a, a coach did. that only recently has been cracking the Champions League positions with. Just until recently, he's been doing these things. So it's amazing that this guy is probably on nowhere near the wage of Mourinho. is out coaching yeah. the supposed 100%. special one. So that's that game. I think we're done. Yeah, we're done with that game. Yeah. Like we said, Zlatan, two wonderful goals. Yeah. Or sorry, uh, one wonderful goal, the, the free kick, and then the other was the penalty that he won. But that was that game. Let's talk about the upset. Or let's just talk about Juve in general. Juve, like we said, losing to Sassuolo. And then Simeone going off and beating Juve. Juve losing to Hellas Verona 2-1. What do we think about those matches? Allegri, the whole, they go into Retiro, Contessa. Uh, Allegri saying they're mid-table club. It's a bit of a mess at Juve right now. What's amazing is this mid-table, this is the same team as last year minus Ronaldo. And but, Andrea Pirlo guided them into a fourth place finish. I don't know. I don't think it's a mid table club. Yeah, after after eleven. The, yeah, and after eleven games, Pirlo didn't lose a game. Oh, there you go. There you go. I th- I think this team. It's got the pieces. It's, I would say, financially one of the str- the strongest clubs in the world. They can have anybody they want, pretty much, and. Yes, they got some questionable players on their payroll, uh, but like I said, you know I think they're using underutilizing Federico Chiesa. Chiesa had a tournament and a half this past summer. He had a pretty good season last year, first season at Juve last year when he moved from Fiorentina. So th- I don't think Federico Chiesa is just having a terrible season. I think he's just not being used properly. Yeah, he's being mismanaged. I agree, hundred percent. He's being mismanaged. Relying on Giorgio Chiellini and Leonardo Bonucci, they're showing their age clearly. You have to change it up. You have to run with the lit, I think. You have to. That's one point I was going to bring up. I cannot believe one of the most promising center backs in the world. Some people rate him as the best center back in the world, but can't crack the center back position at Juve. Allegri's going back to guys he was using two years ago. Yeah. It's like Van de Beek not being able to crack yeah, the Manchester a, United starting 11. It's, like it's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's, it should be sacrilege. Because you have two talents. Well, we'll talk about Delit specifically, but you have a guy. I think Delit's a fantastic center back, and he's got the potential to be elite. And that's and that's the crazy thing. They're playing guys in their mid thirties over a, a young guy who's going to leave because he's upset that yeah. he's not getting game time. And what are you going to be left with at yeah. the end of the day? Nothing. It's it's unbelievable. Bonucci was at fault for yeah for one of the goals. If, if uh, the Giovanni all- Simeone one where he curls the top corner, yeah. Bonucci. I think he scored in his own net today too. He got an own goal yeah. against Zenit. Bonucci, I yes. Euro hero, that's not in the past, believe the it or past. not. But he didn't track Simeone. He he gave him like ten feet because he because he was scared to get burnt. That's, that's right. why, and he got that's sucked exactly in by the runner. Right. That's, that's exactly yeah. right. He's scared to get beat. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I think Juve should be fi- far higher up the table, and I I think Allegri's holding them back. And now you come out and you call them a mid-table team. I don't think that's going to inspire them. It's just going to piss them off. No, exactly. It is going to piss them off. And, and Yali, too, must be upset with that. Pavel Nadved saying, buddy, this isn't a mid-table team. This this hasn't been a mid-table team in, in over 10 years. So what are you talking about? This is a mid-table yeah, team. Yeah, but they made the mistake in giving this guy a boatload of money. A lot, what did he get? Five years? 
Four years. Four, sorry, four years. So he's got four years. He's got a pretty good salary now. It's going to be extremely hard to get rid of him. You can't. Yeah. You can't get rid of him unless, unless Juve's in the bottom three. You can't get rid of him. No, it was, and it was a stupid decision for him to come back because yeah, and he probably costs more, a lot more than Pirlo does. Oh yeah, you're like you're never going to retain your glory days. You're going to get blamed for everything that goes wrong, which rightfully he should. No, he should. He should. Uh, and it's just it's terrible management. Yeah. It's it, no one wanted him obviously for the last two years, or else yeah. he would have went to another club. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, or he was too scared because <laughs> he was in a crappy city out winning easy championships. Yeah. Won't go to another team because then he'll know he'll get really tested. To me, I I I drank the Kool Aid. I thought with Max Allegra coming back that Juve was going to be untouchable. I did. I just had them coming first. Yeah, so did I. And uh, totally. But I after, guess that's I guess that's our fault for looking at the past. Yeah, it is right. You're only as good as your last game. But exactly after we saw the first game of the season, you knew this team was a mess. We Something knew we knew was it was a t- we knew it was on the downward trend with Pirlo, as well, uh, and Ronaldo. He, he, Ronaldo papered over the cracks. Now, we oh, didn't say Ronaldo was a bad player. He he made the no. team worse because of the financial situation. Of course. It handcuffed Juve financially, and they weren't able to spend money, and then he leaves on the last day of the transfer market, which didn't allow Juve to replace no. him adequately. But, yeah, this team... This just makes you wonder what they're going to do on the transfer market in, in, the, in January. It, it just... But this is another coach calling out players. Moise Keane, Bentancourt, I think, Artur Adirinarabo, Rabiot. He called out a, a fifth player. He's already calling out yeah. players and saying, you guys aren't Morata, pulling your weight. I think was Morata, yeah. So, I mean, I guess in the media, is that a good thing or not? Mourinho did the same thing. We criticized. We're going to criticize Allegri for this too. I don't think it's a good move. You're going to just piss no. off your players. But at least Allegri is going to criticize them, put them in Rotino and play them. He's not going to banish them to the stands and make sure they're that's, not part of the That's plans. the difference, yes, because Morata played in Champions League today. Exactly. Uh, I believe he did. I got to double check the lineup. But yeah, just another manager. The two most expensive managers in the city are both a mess. They're Mourinho and Allegri. Disasters. <laughs> stuck, in their, stuck in their glory days. That's the problem. But Hellas Verona on the other side. Fantastic. Gianluca Caprari is having a rebirth here. Igor Tudor, though, it obviously is a big factor. Seriously, how how bad does this make Eusebio Di Francesco look? He is the worst City I manager probably in history. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. And uh, I'm pretty sure Hellas Verona is going to make this move for Giovanni Simeone permanent. I'd be shocked if they don't because uh, they have a loan with an option to buy. Yeah, something like yeah that. they do. Giov- Giov- Giovanni Simeone. He's always been a good player. He's always been able to do everything. He's a yeah. good size, but he's always had a problem scoring goals consistently. And if he's going to continue to put in goals like at yeah, this rate, he's which on fire right now, yeah, it's Just it's unbelievable. Fire. But, Might get a call up by the national team for Argentina. Uh, you never know. They could use uh, could a player use a like guy him. Mauro like Cardi's not firing, so you might as well go with him. <laughs> but yeah, Igor Tudor, we got to praise him. This is another exact, four points it, in the last two rounds. It's it's the exact same bloody team that. You say, but Di Francesco started the friggin' season with and Look where they are. Yeah. Like, it's it's insane. Ro- it's Roma insane. can't be top teams, but he already goes and beats Lazio and Juve with Hellas Verona. Yeah. We're probably one of the poorest teams in Serie A. I said it before. I'll say it again. Hellas Verona, it's going to be a dessert. It's, it's going to be a tough game for whoever plays them. It really is. Anything else stand out to you? Big shout out to Dusan Vlahovic. Hat trick. Hat trick. Just on fire. Uh, priority target in January for Tottenham. 
Yes, we know he's not going to resign. Conte, Paratici already looking at him. Yeah, Conte, so, as everyone knows, just signed for Tottenham Hotspur. Don't understand that. I move. think fifteen million, eighteen months, something crazy. Uh, <laughs> you go from Inter Milan to the Hotspurs, as if they're going to spend from money. Nerazzurri to the Roma of the Premier League. I I don't understand the move. He, and he already rejected them in the summer. Now he's going to take over. Yeah, it's. With a third of the season done, it's a strange, strange. I think he, I think he regrets what he did with Inter, and this I, is just a little. <laughs> I think he sees money and an easy exit. Well, <laughs> That's yeah. it. Well, it is only eighteen months, so. He's but anyways, a- Vlahovic, three goals there, fantastic performance by him. How does the, the other thing I want to ask? How does David Ballardini? How's the man in the shade still have his job? So Genoa was seventeenth place, but they're on the brink of relegation anyway, tied with Spezia on eight points. Balladini, I think, has to the international break, and he's going to be Finite. gone if he doesn't. So he's got one more game. Create a bit finish. of a gap there. Um, just want to talk about Inter quick. Yeah, Correa finally scores a brace since he got his brace on his Inter debut. Uh, two fantastic goals, two beautiful finishes. Inter broke down those two banks of five, no problem. <laughs> yeah, two, no problem. Udine couldn't do anything. Udine is a is a toothless team, but uh. Great match by Inter. Kept it very simple. I mean, they, yeah. they did a good job collecting uh, six points, uh, making up for that Juve result and, and showing some character now with the big champions of the game midweek. So Inter cruising now. And we got a big derby detail, which we're going to preview quick as well coming up. Also, Salernitana and Napoli. That was a tough game. That, that had that had like a derby atmosphere. Yeah, that was a that was a feisty game. Koulibaly getting a red and even in that game. Yeah. Uh, Giorgio Castanos getting a red to Cypriot too. Francesco getting smashed around. He had a bandage at his, yes. on his head at one point. <laughs> it was a it was a good game. It was, you know what it was a good. Game. It was a good exciting game. It was a good exciting game. Credit to Salernitana for putting up that fight and grinding and playing physical. But then at the same time, you got to give credit to Luciano Spalletti for navigating a way through. No Victor Ozzyman, no problem. Oh, there's going to be problems. Yeah, there's going to be problems. This is Salernitana for crying out loud. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be problems. And quick, yeah. I think you got to I think you got to run with Patania while you don't have Oziman. I really do. I think Patania can offer a lot more. I just Well, he made a difference when the game got physical. He was brought in and used yeah, his he size. Made a difference. Yeah. He's got a I think he needs a little more time. Yeah. On the field. Quickly at Atalanta Lazio 2-2. I called it, so... Yeah. No surprise. Lazio, like we said, took the foot off the gas. Lazio, Schief, Atalanta, Schief. So... That two, rounds two. it up. Yeah, that rounds up the City A. Yeah. Two match days. We'll go over the standings quick. Napoli, Milan, Inter, Roma ran out the top four in the Europa League spots. Atalanta, Lazio in the Conference League position. Fiorentina in seventh. Relegation right now. Spezia, Salernitana, and Cagliari. Look at your bottom three. So that's the standings. Now we had two... We're in the Champions League midweek. Yeah. Two we had games two games today. today. Juve pick up a 4-2 win over Zenit. Pretty Not, straightforward. No they, they qualify for the, the knockout stages. Uh, and then Ronaldo haunts Atalanta again. And Ronaldo haunts Atalanta. But a tie is not the end of the... I don't think a tie is the end of the world for... It's not. It's not great. Atalanta, Atalanta. they're sitting in a Europa League spot right now. But again, Gasparini, this is what we said. He's a one-dimensional coach. Does not know how to shut out a game. I don't care if it's Man U with a wage bill. Through the roof. I don't care if they have Ronaldo... This is a one-man team, Manchester United. And again, you let the same guy get... You, he got three goals on you in two games. What yeah. does it take for you to figure out, just man-mark him? Yeah. Have one guy stick on him. Yeah. That's it. 
After that, man, you can't do anything. I don't no. understand Gasparini. I, I don't know. This guy cannot shut out a game. He no. cannot. They concede so many late goals. PSG, Manchester United twice now. Gasparini is really starting to frustrate me. I don't care who he's missing. It's the same mistakes over and over and over again with this guy. But uh, that was that fixture. Still alive. Still, they got their two, let's say, easier games to go. I think yeah. Villarreal is actually a harder game than Manchester United. But on the odds, your two weaker teams, young boys and Villarreal to go. And like we said, Juve's in. Inter have Sharif to play again. Which should be a... They should win. Should be a smashing. And then Inter's right back into in the groups. Right back in the in the fight. Right Roma. In the fight. We got Conference League. Is Roma Hold on. We got oh, yeah, Europa, Europa League. Porto. Oh, yeah, sorry, Milan-Porto. <laughs> so I know I have Milan already out of my mind at the yeah, Champions League. Milan-Porto. Even if they win, I think they're done. They're not going to no, be... No, they're the not going to make the Champions League, but they might done. make the Europa League. They do. That, that's what they got to aim for now if they even care about staying in Europe. And then we got Europa League, Lazio. Lazio playing Marseille, I believe. Yes, got to get a result there. Yeah. Napoli-Legia. Napoli-Legia, they're in Warsaw. This is a... Warsaw, I've been to Warsaw Stadium where Legia plays. It is a very intimidating environment if you are a visitor. Um, but if you're if you're going to watch a home the home team, it's a it's a atmosphere is like no other. And let's say too, Legia Nop- at home is very dangerous. They are, and Napoli are without Manolas or Koulibaly. Yeah, for, sorry for their next City A game. So they're very light in defense right now. Rahmani and Juan Jesus are really carrying it, carrying the defense right now. So yeah, and. And it is a must-win game with Leicester tied on points with them. Yeah, and Legia still leading the table. So it's a must-win for both sides. Unless they want to drop into the conference, they can give Roma a run. Roma a run. Is Roma going to play their starters? <laughs> or are guys going to get a second chance against Bodo Glimp in no, Rome this time? Mourinho's going to be an idiot, and he's going to play his starters again. He's trying <laughs> to make a point here. You won't see Gonzalo Villar. You won't see Borja Mayoral. You won't see those guys. Because I'll tell you right now, if I'm if I'm those guys... And I've been banished to the bench for something that Jose Mourinho set me up to fail. Okay? Because Jose Mourinho did set them up to fail. And then he's going to cut. He banishes me to the bench if I'm those two. Or those four, sorry. And uh, says, okay, we're going to play this little clip. It'd be a nice big fuck you. <laughs> I'm leaving in January, anyways. And I'm not. Re- and I'm refusing to play. Ah, uh, then all serious. No, seriousness seriousness though um i think jose Mourinho might tweak a little bit I, if we see tammy abraham start this game i don't know what to think i think el dorado needs to freaking he's he's better than tammy he's a way but he, he brings the play together well, we know way gonna better. happen i mean we we play venezia on the weekend so and get mkhitaryan off the goddamn wing already Mourinho. i know he's just he's a waste out there he's a waste poor guy he, he had a he had a really rough game on the weekend but then who else are you going to bring in? Probably El Shadawi, probably Carlos yeah, Perez. But this is the competition to experiment in. You're, even though they lost 6-1, they're pretty much in the, the knockout stages. Y- yes, but at the same time, he wants to make sure it doesn't happen again. He's it's at the Stadio Olimpico. So I think he, you would think if you're Jose Mourinho, and I think I know the way he thinks, he's going to want to make an example out of Bodo Glimt, saying that that 6-1 was one time Fluke. and never again. And smash so him 7 I think you're going to see Roma come out flaring on all cylinders. That's why I think... Watch gonna... him with something I forgot to mention, Pellegrini in the warm-up in the Milan game, holding his knee. He's clearly injured. Yeah, he's missing the Bodo Glimp game. And he's missing the game now because he injured his knee in the Milan game. Yeah. Go figure. 
Yeah. But I don't understand. But Jose Mourinho, but, he's got no subs. Nobody can. Nobody. He's got nobody off the bench that can yeah. replace Lorenzo Pellegrini. So what's gonna happen when these guys go down? You're gonna have to rely on guys like. Gonzalo VR and all those guys, and they're gonna tell, like I said, they're yeah. gonna say, "Fuck you, <laughs> see you later." But that's that's Europe. That's Europe. Let's get into the next. Show. We're gonna give uh, round twelve a quick preview. Yeah. Let's start in Empoli, Empoli Genoa. This is a big game because this is probably Davide Ballardini's last game <laughs> it's, as manager. It's true. We go into the international break after this match day. Uh, last chance saloon for him here. Seriously, last chance saloon. The, stra- uh, the strange thing is, both teams are very similar for goals for and goals against. Empoli just have one more goal for, but and one less goal against. But somehow they're sitting with uh, 15 points mid table, and Genoa is sitting eighth in relegation. Because when Empoli wins, they know they win well, and when they lose, they lose terribly. That that's why. Uh, for me, I think this has got Empoli written all over it. Genoa for me are a disaster this year. So I'm going to say Empoli win. Empoli win. Spezia Torino in Spezia. What do we think here? The way Spezia's been playing, Jules, I believe you. I think they're going to be that team that probably be that third team that goes down if it's not Genoa. And uh, I just, they, they don't look the greatest. I mean, they, they, can, they can play the ball possession. But at the end of the day, it looks cute and stuff, but they can't finish nothing. So for me, Torino, they're I think they're playing really well under Ivan Juric. And uh they got win for Torino for me. Yeah, Torino, one of the best defenses in the league right now. You know, you're not gonna Spezia's not gonna get a goal against them. And Spezia has the worst defense in the league. Yeah. So Torino, they're gonna feel pretty nice after three 0 win and they're gonna and they got Pelotti back playing pretty good too. Yeah, so exactly. I think it continues. It doesn't matter if Spezia is at home or not. Yeah. Next match at the Allianz Arena in Torino, Juventus, Fiorentina. Yeah, this is a team you don't really want to play right now <laughs> if you're <laughs> Juve. And I mean it because I don't think Juve is going to come out of this Retiro and everything's going to be hunky-dory and they're going to come out and they're going to make an example out of Fiorentina. But at the same time, when these games come up, here's another opportunity for Fiorentina, a second chance. They always disappoint when they show up to these points. Will will we see something that we usually don't see from this Fiorentina team? And will we see them show up for a big game? That I don't know. But with the way they played against Spezia and the way Juve is formed is right now, I'm going to say that they're going to be happy with a draw. So they're going to go into Torino, and they're going to get a draw for me. That's what I got for this game. Interesting. I think Juve obviously have the pieces to beat Fiorentina. Fiorentina, I think, are the better coach team right now. Vlahovic is going to be a key part. And if Fiorentina wins a penalty because they win a penalty a game, it's it's That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. But uh, Juve... We'll see. They conceded another two goals in the Champions League game against Zenit, which isn't good. One of them, Benucci on goal. An on goal. They did score four. So we'll see if the, the handbrake's been lifted a little bit. If Allegri's had a change in the psychology of the team, the way he approached games. There was actually a clip uh, Gazzetta was showing where he was talking to the team psychologist for like 15, 20 minutes. And he was very really an- animated and upset. So... Something's happening anyway. Something's turning in Juve. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know if that Zenit game was kind of the turning point of their season to get the handbrake off. Like I said, 
we'll see what happens here. Right? It's hard to pick it. You might as well flip a coin for me to yeah. see what's going to happen here. But I'm going to say a draw as well. All right. Cagliari Atalanta. In Cagliari. Atalanta coming off uh, an, a draw, which feels like a loss. What they did to Lazio, man, you just did to them. Yeah. And now they're going but in. So are the they're worst. terrible. They are awful. And Cagliari ownership already confirming that Walter Mazzari is their guy. So they're backing him. Here's a guy that's completely out to lunch, out of tune, not with the modern day football. I think this has got Atalanta written all over it. I'm going to call an upset here. I feel there's something in this match. I'd be, hey, I'd be happy to see that. You look head-to-head Gasparini versus Walter Mazzari. They're actually pretty even. Gasparini just have has one uh, win over Walter Mazzari. So they're very close. I think this is one of those matches where, because usually there's an upset in the week somewhere, and I think this could be the one. Like I said, Atalanta... Gasparini is such a pig-headed coach. He plays one way. And I don't think Atalanta are going to be able to get their quick goals in this game. And I think Mazzetti is going to really shut it down. And I think Caleri will surprise here. All right. So Jules is trying to take Caleri. I'm trying to take Atalanta. Yes. Next match. Venezia Roma. In Venice. The beautiful Venetian stadium. <laughs> we know Tammy's going to start up top. Zaniolo on the right. Mkhitaryan on the left. Pellegrini behind on one leg. He's going to be out on crutches or with a cane <laughs> or something. What happens here? Everything's going to be hunky-dory in Roma land because Roma are going to win this game. And then everybody's going to go back to saying, oh, Mourinho's a genius. <laughs> Don't buy into this Mourinho crap, people, but Roma will win this game. I agree. Roma... They should have too much for Venezia. They, they should. drop it to Venezia, then you fire Mourinho right away. <laughs> you don't even let him go through the tunnel. You just you, you have his bags right at the friggin' door and say, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> Yeah, Venezia, their biggest win coming against Fiorentina on that Monday fixture. I don't think they can do it against Roma. So. No way. They better not be able to. <laughs> I swear to God, if Roma loses this game, I'm going to lose it. Roma win. Next match, Sampdoria, Bologna. Roberto Diversa never beating Sinza Mihalovic. And he's been pretty terrible this City at campaign. What do you think happens here, Bologna, Sampdoria? Bologna, I think Bologna, the solid 2 nothing win against Caleri yesterday. Bologna, they are a team that's threatening for a conference league spot. They're a team that we don't, I, that, like we we've said before, they're a team to look out for. They're not. They're just. They can't string two wins together. That's it. <laughs> they can't string two wins together, and they're just missing. Like, it, and it's not. I don't think it's players or talent. It's just something in the coaching. I just don't think Sinisa Mihailovic is the guy to carry them into Europe. But the, I think this team has all the potential in the world to be in Europe. They got some great players. Um, they're on the doorstep. They're tied with Juve for that's, 15 points. That's what I. That's that's what I'm saying. Like they're on the doorstep, right? Tied with Verona on 15, three points behind Fiorentina, Lazio six seven. So, like, yeah, a win could transform their season. Yeah, but can Sampdoria bounce back? No, I don't think so. I think this Sampdoria under Diversa for me is they're he's skeef. terrible. I think they're, he's a terrible they're manager. Skeef. They're they're terrible. Candreva's Candreva's kind of quieted down a little bit. So. Now we're seeing the real Sampdoria. So, yeah, you're right. Bologna for me. Next match in Udine. Udinese versus Suolo. Five banks of... Two banks of five going up against a Suolo team that should be pissed off if they lost against Empoli because I'd be pissed off. I would too, yeah. Um, especially coming off that win against Juve. Sassuolo, another team that's hovering around a, a European spot. 
but another team that can't get consecutive wins. I know. So they should bounce back and get here. Udine, you know, they have, I think, four draws in the last five games. So yeah, they're just a grind. They are. They're the most boring team to watch. They are. Yeah. They are. But they're due for a win. So for me, I'm going to take Udinez in this game. I think if they're going to beat anybody, they could beat Sassuolo. Yeah, you know what? At home, I agree. I'm going to take yeah. Udine. Dacharina. They're due. Uh, <laughs> this one is going to be a... Lazio. Salernitana. Yeah. This one I don't think is going to be clear cut. They're at the Stadio Olimpico, but they actually have an even record. Stefano Colatono and Maurizio Sari, one win each, two draws. City of B days. Yeah, but it has to be Lazio, I think. It has to be, but will it be is the question. Because, yeah, Lazio beat the big teams, but they can't. Uh... They struggle against these small teams. Will Chiro Immobile fire on all cylinders in this game? I don't know. Will semi finally settle down and get something? I mean, I, this Salernitana team, aside from that first half in the first game under Stefano Colantuano, it looks like they ha- they have bought into his system, and it, it, everything it, through Ribery. <laughs> it's t- it's a tough system to beat so far. It is, but you know what? That was because I think it was because of the derby. I think Lazio are gonna slap him to the side here. Okay, let's go with Lazio. Here's the nice game before we get to the big, big one. match. Maybe I'm trying to think Napoli's fixtures. Obviously, they played Juve, but going to be one of their biggest tests because this is one of the most informed teams in Serie A. And I'm not joking when I say this the best statistically offensive team in Serie A behind Inter by like a, a fraction. Going up against the best defense in Serie A. Yes, yeah, so only three goals against in 11 matches. Unbelievable. But like we said, no Koulibaly, no Manolas. You're running on Juan Jesus, a Roma fan favorite. No, definitely not. And a Big bust there. <laughs> so what's going to happen here? Do we smell an upset? How does Verona pulled one over Juve? This pulled one over Lazio? Last, this is where the last comes. You think this is where the first? This is where the first last <laughs> Igor comes. Tudor is going to go. <laughs> He's going to get hired by Juve after this game. <laughs> oh, seriously. This is where the first loss comes. I'm going to take Hellas Verona in this game. And Napoli, I know the the thing is you got to go with Napoli because they're undefeated. But exactly, they got to lose at some point. You no, know, I'm gonna call a call it draw. But okay. I th- I feel you. I feel you on this one. Missing those two players, not having your defense is massive. Oh, big time is massive. We'll see with if uh, Luciano Spalletti because Salernitana gave him a run. They did. They gave him a you run. Know, I think the steam. You can't be perfect. Like I forever. said, they're gonna dip at some point. Yeah, might be the time. Now for the, the big one. The big one. Let's talk about our jewels. The Derby della Maddalena, AC Milano, Inter. What are your thoughts on this game? Tell me. My thoughts here are if Milan are true contenders and not pretenders, this is the game they got to win. And if Inter have to, if Inter are going to win the Scudetto? If Inter are going to win the Scudetto, they have to win. So both teams are coming into this game needing to win. But I think this game is more important for Milan. They have to get over the hoodoo of, of Inter. Because Inter have been the better of the two in recent history. They've they've owned the city of Milano. If Milan can get one over Inter in this game, they'll be massive. And I think they'll go on to win City. Yeah, this is their turning point game in their season. That's how big this match is for them. Inter, on the other hand, if they were to drop points here, like a draw, it wouldn't kill them. They could still, I think, claw back. Psychologically, it wouldn't affect them. Obviously, a loss wouldn't be good because it's just going to put the gap huge right between the two. Uh, on paper, I think it's tough to say. I think the teams are very similar. I think the difference is AC 
they they do have a slightly better defense as a team as a whole. Inter has has the better offense just by a little bit. Uh, but that red card was massive. Was a massive piece for Milan. Yeah, missing. Theo Hernandez. Hernandez is gone now, right? Uh, so it's going to be extremely tight. But I think psychologically, Milan need this game more than than ever. No, they do. What do you think? Well, it's very simple. If AC Milan win this game, I think Milan's going to win the Scudetto. This is their season-defining moment. Can they do it? If they find a way to do it, yeah, I think they. I think they can. I mean, they've been able to navigate through through hell. That's the thing, yeah, with the amount of injuries they've yeah. had, and they they we, keep coming I back. Think, I think. I think we'll see. Like especially tomorrow with that game against Porto, if they rotate the squad against Porto, I'm which I expect them to. You know, they're a hundred percent gearing up for. The Derby della Madonnina. But then on the other side, to me, I think this season's on the line here for Inter here because, you know, Inter are not too far back in the table, but they do need to make up some ground here, especially if I think Napoli's going to lose to Verona. This would be the perfect opportunity to capitalize. And because that game is earlier, they will know the result of that game. That's true. That will put a lot of pressure yeah. on them to, to even well, more to win that, that put, game. Yeah, that puts pressure on Milan too, right? This could be... Yeah, now, it's going to be a really intense game. It's going to feel like a playoff game. To be well, honest. and that puts the pressure on Milan too. If or if Napoli if Napoli were to win, it's like Milan. No, we have to. Both keep, teams we have to keep pace. Both teams. Yeah, at the end of the day, the pressure is huge for both yeah. teams. But I think the pressure will be on them more if Napoli loses. Of course, of course. But I I, I agree. I think. But for me, Milan, the pressure's on a little bit more because they've been, like I said, the inferior team for the so what last do you think two is years. Happen? You can go with your gut, oh. or you can go with your heart. Simone Inzaghi has a better record over Pioli, head to head. He, uh, he, he plays scared the in these games. He has though. double the wins, but that's the problem. Simone Inzaghi, I don't know what to expect from him anymore. Uh, Inter is very frustrating. They've been playing pretty decent. Milan, though, they've shown this this character where it doesn't matter who's in the lineup, they win. They find a way, whether it be set pieces. Free kicks, open play goals. Everyone pitches in as a team. So, just based off form, I'm gonna say Milan has a slight edge. It's like a 51 percent chance win in the game compared to Inter. So, I'm gonna give Milan the slight edge of pulling out the victory over Inter because I think, like I said, it means more for them. And I think this Milan, I believe they have the character to be Scudetto champions. And like I said, if they win this. This will propel them to that Scudetto. Yeah. I want to see Milan win this game. I really do. I think both teams, though, are going to come in scared. And a draw is a likely result for me. So I'm going to predict a draw. That's usually how these games go. Never. Well, Lots of goals. Always a winner in these games. We'll see. This one's <laughs> got a draw written all over it. Especially with Simone and Zaghi at the helm. <laughs> so for me, I'm going to say AC Milan inter draw. All right, so that that rounds up round twelve, City. Yeah, just some other breaking news. Like we said, Conte signing for Tottenham. Erickson is going to be let go by Inter. He's looking for a new team in Ajax because of his heart condition. Yeah, it's illegal for him to play. Uh and that's pretty much all the major news. Yeah, that's all the major news for now. Um, once again, thank you very much for all your support and love for Tifosi Football Radio. We can't thank you enough for all the support we've been getting. Special shout-out to the AC Stars in the men's league in the yes. Ontario Soccer Center. Uh, it's currently the team that Juliano and I play on. 
uh, managed by one of the great managers never to be known in the professional in the professional scene yet. And he's Calabres. Yes, Robbie Perquillo, one of the best sporting directors out there. I think Toronto FC should hire, sign him up. Yeah. <laughs> so AC Stars, second place in the men's league, men's open league in our division. So congratulations to the AC Stars. Just want to give them a special shout out there. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. Like us on Facebook, Tifosi Football Radio. Follow us on Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. And also subscribe and like to us, uh, like our videos on YouTube. Uh, we know we ha- we haven't been able to release any as of late, but there are going to be ones coming up in the very, very near future, possibly next week when we recap match day 12 and talk about the upcoming international break where La Nazionale have, in my opinion, a must-win game against La Svizzera, uh, which we will talk about next week. So until next time, have a great week. Enjoy the rest of the European games. Enjoy match day 12. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao.